Hey, I know you're here for the podcast, but give me 30 seconds to talk about a new service we just released for anyone working in a CPG brand. Finding the perfect co-packer or supplier can be a real pain. You spend hours Googling options, texting your colleagues, asking around different Slack groups, and still you get nothing. That's why we created Fiddle Connect Consulting, a done-for-you service that does all of the hard work of finding your dream co-packer or supplier. Best of all, it's 100% guaranteed and you get three free months of Fiddle Inventory Operations software included. Interested? Just go to lp.fiddle.io forward slash FCC. That's lp.fiddle.io forward slash FCC. Now, on with the episode. Welcome to the Physical Product Movement, a podcast by Fiddle. We share stories of the world's most ambitious and exciting physical product brands to help you capitalize on the monumental change in how, why, and where consumers buy. I'm your host, Ken Ojuka. Today, I had the opportunity to speak with George Passantino, co-founder of Coca Brew, a ready-to-drink, fully caffeinated, jitterless coffee. We spoke about how inspiration hit while he and his co-founder were cramming for finals at UC Berkeley. They realized how much coffee they were consuming to try to stay sharp and realized ultimately it wasn't working. They were full of jitters, had a big rush of energy, then a sudden crash. This is what got them thinking about a better coffee. George talks about their college campus ambassador program and how they were able to do their initial research by tapping into their college campus connections of students and professors, but then continued to promote the brand on campus after they launched. We also talked about how their go-to-market strategy changed once COVID hit and all the students left campus. It's a great story about being nimble, scrappy, and resourceful. I enjoyed my conversation with George, and I think you will too. Hey, George, how you doing? Thanks for joining me. Doing well. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. Hey, so it sounds like uh, I'm catching you uh, on the road a little bit. What's going on? <laughs> yes, I, I am on the road right now on a bit of a road trip all across California, kind of visiting most of our retail accounts as well as just spreading and getting into more accounts. So I'm currently in San Luis Obispo at a gas station parking lot. <laughs> well, hey, thanks for, for taking the time and uh, parking and taking this call. You know, I think this will be really good content uh, for our listeners. We typically like to kick off uh, this podcast with a quote, you know, something that's maybe meaningful to you or something that you like to keep in mind. Do you have one in mind? Yeah. So I guess the quote that I've kind of been living by for the last, you know, couple of years since starting my real entrepreneurial journey with Quokka Brew is kind of the idea that you never really know what's good or bad. It's the idea that like seemingly terrible situations can eventually have positive impacts. And seemingly amazing things could have negative impact in the long term. So I guess just keeping like a level head, like when bad things happen and saying like, you know, this will all make sense one day. And when good things happen, like don't get overly optimistic because you never know what's waiting for you right around the corner. Yeah, definitely a good thing to keep in mind. I think in all, all types of, of entrepreneurship, you know, we build software and so we don't have a physical product, but same type of thing, right? We've got to keep the same thing in mind. Exactly. Yeah, so why don't we just uh, start off by, you know, telling us just a little bit about yourself and then, you know, kind of what led to Coca Brew. Yeah, definitely. So I'm, I'm George. I'm one of the co-founders of Coca Brew. I'm currently 22 years old. 
what really led to the creation of Quokka Brew is my co-founder, Ofek, and I, we were studying for finals during our junior year at UC Berkeley. And like most college students, we were just drinking a ton of coffee. And from that, we started to notice we were getting super jittery, anxious, and eventually just completely crashing. And Ofek and I have been best friends since middle school. Over the last few years, we've launched multiple businesses together. And so we're always like looking for our, our next opportunity. And we noticed this and started thinking to ourselves, like, what if, like, why isn't there a jitterless coffee? And around those same, same times, we started to become a little bit more like health conscious. We were watching our sugar and calorie intake, just trying to be a little bit better on that end. And we started to notice that all the other ready to drink coffees and like the, the energy drinks we were drinking were just loaded with sugars and calories. I mean, like with yerba mates, having like 28 grams of sugar, um, the Starbucks cold brews having 44 grams of sugar. So it's, it was like this whole thing. And we realized like, what if someone created a healthy and jitterless coffee? And that's kind of where the idea came from. Uh, very cool. And so were, were you actively looking for sort of the next thing uh, for you guys, the next adventure for you guys? Or was it sort of the idea just kind of came and uh, you knew it was too good to pass up? Yeah, it, it was always a little bit of both. I mean, for us, we kind of always have an eye open for opportunity. And for this one, it, it came at a very interesting time because it was during like our semester year at UC Berkeley, which is a school. So we didn't have too much free time. But we noticed like this is a huge like business now is the time to do it if we ever want to. Right. Okay. Yeah. Very cool. So what distinguishes you? So it's a jitterless coffee is what you're describing. So what kind of gives it that property? Yeah. So it's really interesting. So we started when we, we looked at really what causes jitters, like why does caffeine make us feel that way? And what we found is that caffeine is naturally a vasoconstrictor, meaning as you consume caffeine, your blood vessels naturally constrict. So this causes your heart to pump harder in order to move blood where it needs to go, causing jitters. So what we had in are the active ingredients found in green tea and matcha. So we, those are like L-theanine, green tea leaf extract, and then we add in ginseng as well. Mm -hmm. And what they work to do is offset the negative vasoconstriction that's caused by caffeine. So it, it gives you all the energy and focus just without those negative side effects. Hmm. Yeah, so I've kind of heard L-theanine um, described as it kind of smooths out you know, the, the bump that you get from coffee, you know, and, and it makes it so you still get all those benefits, but like you said, you don't feel sort of the, the sharp jitters or, or whatever. So oh, that's pretty cool. Did you guys know about this before? Did you, was it something that, that you'd researched before or how, or how did you come to that? Yeah. So we didn't have really any background in the coffee space. We'd been kind of into nootropics. Like I, we'd heard of that being prior to starting Quokka Brew and, and Felt that it could be a, a strong option when we were first launching the brand. Mm -hmm. uh, but what we did is we started researching and calling as much as we could. Like we called, we used our UC Berkeley emails to the max and emailed every professor that'd be willing to talk to us and we would just ask them questions about things. So mm -hmm. we called and emailed probably like 500 to 1,000 different university professors all across the nation and spent about six months on research and development testing really on ourselves. Mm -hmm. uh, and then some of like our, our really close friends that were willing to give us honest feedback. Huh, very cool. And, and so I, I don't know what, what kind of response did you get? You know, did, did these uh, professors, were they pretty open or, or were they like, you know, uh, get out of here, kid? Like, what was what was the response? Yeah, what, what we found is that in all walks of life, there's people that are willing to help and those that just aren't willing to help. And that that is true in the university sense as well. So we had some professors that, you know, were extremely helpful, like they poured their hearts out to us, were willing to talk whenever. And then there were others that were kind of more along the lines of like, get out of here, kid. You don't know what you're doing. 
I'm, I'm busy, which is totally fair. I mean, they're, they're professors, they're busy, they're doing research. Sure. Sure. And you kind of expect that and, and looking at it, it's like, what's the worst that could happen, right? Uh-huh. You know, you, you really have nothing to lose with that. <laughs> okay. So what are some of the things that you learned, you know, from, from these, from this research from professors and other students? Yeah. So what we did is we wanted to verify like the ingredients that we could try in our blend. So we have a, we currently have a patent pending blend, but it did not start out that way. So in the beginning, we had a list of about 45 different ingredients that we wanted to try out and just see the effects that they had. They all were promising. Uh, but as you probably know from, you know, anything you have to eat, if it doesn't taste, eat or drink, if it doesn't taste good, you're not going to, you're not going to buy it again. Right. So it's trying to find that happy medium of stuff that, you know, performed how we'd want it to perform, like giving you the energy without the jitters or crash but didn't, you know, taste disgusting. Yeah. So I, I know a thing about uh, or two about that because, you know, I also was into nootropics for a little while and I actually had, you know, probably like 15 different nootropics. It probably looked pretty awful in my office, you know, when, when you looked around and you saw these bags of, of powder, <laughs> but I would actually uh, mix them and, and kind of mix and match and try different formulas, you know, to see, you know, what would work well. And I think you're exactly right. The main thing is that they just tasted awful you know? Yeah. Um, there's some yeah. really rough ones. <laughs> yeah. Uh, some, some that are really effective, but they, it's just too hard to mask the, the awful flavor, you know? So, and I think that's probably why most nootropics are in like a pill form or something. So you don't have to taste it. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. So you arrived at a couple that, that you thought would be really effective. And then, you know, what was the next step? How did you go about like actually testing out the formula and then obviously getting other people to taste test your product and, and give you some feedback there. Yeah. So we were still an undergrad at the time. This was kind of getting into our senior year, the beginning of our senior year. Mm-hmm. And so what we did first, was we launched a double blind study with 150 individuals. We basically rounded up 150 people from across the Bay Area and split them into two groups where some got, you know, placebo and then some got our Quokka brew with our jitterless blend and we left them unmarked. And what we did was just kind of survey the results. And what we saw is that 97% of people, or rather 68% of coffee drinkers experienced the jitters and crash from caffeine, but with Quokka Brew, only 7% of them did. So Hmm. we saw, you know, our efficacy rate was much, much higher than traditional coffee. So that's when we saw like, you know, this really did work. And what we did from there is we just took a table down to UC Berkeley's main plaza and we started just passing out samples and selling products like on Sprout Plaza. And what we found is that like students were not only like, wow, this is insane. Like it tastes good. It's just, like works well. They're like, I wanted to be a part of this. So from there, we started just building a, a college ambassador program. We started at UC Berkeley and have brought, gone on to branch into slow UCSB and a ton of other university campuses across California. Very cool. Is this sort of a strategy that the, the ambassador program, is this a strategy that you've seen work with other brands or how did, how did you actually come up with it? Yeah. So, I mean, we launched it because we didn't really have any other choice. I mean, we were on campus. We weren't able to drive around and do other things, but I mean, we could sell to the people that we interacted with and saw every single day. I mean, we knew that there's a lot of other brands that have college ambassador programs. Like I know Red Bull does one and basically any brand that has a focus on the college market has some form of an ambassador program. But what we wanted ours to be was something like more than that, something that was fun and enjoyable where people could meet fun people and, you know, learn and grow as individuals and not just promote a brand. Got it. And so obviously there's benefits to it. And, you know, there's also the negative, the obvious one being, you know, this could be 
pretty expensive to, you know, be giving out uh, so many samples. How did you guys think about it? And what are some of the, the positives and the negatives that you identified in that process? Yeah, it is a little bit expensive. I mean, you do have to give them product. There's that upfront investment that it was kind of tough, you know, in the very beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, but what we saw is like this was, if we do it right, then we could have strong velocities both on our online stores because the students will buy online as well as like all the retail stores that we're in, like around the campuses. So Got it's it. kind of a gamble that we took on ourselves and, you know, in the beginning, it was going extremely well. And then overnight, like when COVID happened, we saw our entire demographic go home overnight. Huh. Yeah. So what did you guys do at that point? Yeah, so that was a, a very interesting time for us because, you know, this was right in the early days of Quoka and we saw like legitimately everyone go home overnight and our sales kind of dropped to, to near zero. But, you know, we understood that like this was something we were going to have to deal with. We weren't kind of upset over it. It's like, okay, we should figure this out. So we transitioned to our entirely online. So we built out our website, kind of had a renewed focus on that. We launched on Amazon. And then we also launched an Indiegogo campaign to help launch a new product as well. So we, we kind of t- took it head on and it helped us grow faster than we even expected. Okay. Yeah. Do you mind maybe double clicking a little bit on that, launching the new product on Indiegogo, right? And so I could see Indiegogo, you know, for uh, Coca Brew, which you were already selling. Was it for that or, or was it for an entirely different product? Yeah. So at the time, our initial product was refrigerated. So, you know, when you're selling in person, it's not the biggest problem because most stores have fridges. The problem is when you're selling online, especially during summer, it's really tough to keep our product cold. So well, we'd have to buy these really expensive ice packs. And, you know, if USPS loses your package for a few days, like then we're going to have to send another package out to that customer or deal with it in some other way, whether that's a refund or what. So we launched an Indiegogo campaign to help us launch a shelf-stable can. And with that, we were aiming to raise about $15,000. Uh, we ended up raising over $74,000 and became one of the highest crowdfunded beverages of all time. And it was the, really helped us put, it, put us on the map. Okay. Yeah, that's pretty cool. And then it looks like, you know, what's interesting about you guys is that you version your product. You know, where'd the idea for that that come from? Was it something that you saw Soylent do? I think that's the only one that I've seen do that. Yeah, like I think you guys just recently came out with version two, right? We just launched our version three a few weeks ago. Yeah, okay. Okay. So my notes here are wrong. Yeah. Okay, version three. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So we didn't necessarily follow Soylent's model. I mean, for us, it was like we launched version one. We knew it was going to be an iterative process just because, you know, it's we're never really satisfied. It's always like incremental improvements. Mm-hmm. Um, so we launched version one and it was kind of like we just called it Quoka Brew, just Quoka Brew. And then when we reformulated and launched our second batch, we didn't really know what to call it. So we started just calling it, you know, V2 Quoka Brew. And then it kind of just stuck on and, and people were like, thought it was really neat to be a part of like this iterative journey. And now, you know, we're working on V3 or we just launched V3 and we're potentially launching a V4 slight improvement, like always trying to perfect our blend. Okay. And then just, you know, a couple more questions about your actual product. You know, so you guys use a vanilla oat milk latte. So, you know, why oat milk? You know, why did you guys, you know, choose to go with that instead of, you know, like a dairy? Yeah, we, we're, I mean, we're based out of California, which is kind of spearheading the non-dairy movement. And mm-hmm. for us, we didn't really want to launch a non-dairy product or a dairy product just because we feel like, you know, non-dairy is the future of, especially in the young, younger demographic. 
And we initially were in almond milk, but what we found is that almond milk has a slightly negative reputation because it's one of the highest water users in California. And, you know, California needs the water. <laughs> right. um, so we transitioned to oat milk, which is lower allergen. Uh, it's better for the environment because you need less water. And we also just felt that it had a, a thicker, better consistency for coffee. Got it. Got it. Any other choices in ingredients that maybe you could uh, double click on for a second? Yeah. I mean, for us, like we wanted something because, I mean, first of all, we're, we're drinking it ourselves. I mean, everyone on the Quokka team probably drinks a few a week, if not one a day. So, and you know, all of our friends and family drink it as well. So we wanted something that wasn't where it didn't have any corners cut. that didn't have any filler or, or gross ingredients that, you know, you wouldn't want to, to consume. So we're vegan, organic. We try and put the very best ingredients that we can get our hands on inside our product just because we want to be, you know, leading with the best product possible. Okay. Yeah, got it. And so just getting here to the end, I just wanted to ask about the name. Why uh, Cocoa Brew? Where'd that come from? Yeah. So when we first launched the brand, we had kind of a brand identity that we were after. We wanted something that kind of represented us as individuals. We wanted something that was just made people want to feel happy, essentially. That's like wanted our brand ethos to be. Um, we wanted a small little animal. We wanted something like cute that stood what like represented the brand well. So we started just thinking about like what animals would represent a coffee. And we ended up landing on the quokka. And the quokka is a very interesting animal. It's a small little marsupial from Australia. And it's super unique because as it evolved, it had no natural predators. So it has this innate sense of outgoingness and kind of confidence. And it's actually dubbed the happiest animal in the world. Hmm. So for us, it's kind of like perfect. Like we, you know, they're these cute, cuddly little animals that are actually the happiest animals in the world. And our kind of goal with Quokka Brew is to create a coffee without the negative side effects so people can be their happiest, best self, just like the Quokka. So it's a nice. kind of full, full circle thing. And also just, they're, they're just so cute. Like, I don't know if you've ever seen one before, but they're just so ridiculously cute. Yeah, I just pulled up a couple here on the computer. I actually didn't know what a Quokka was. And so, yeah, they are <laughs> cute. So just tell us what's next for you guys, you know, what's, you know, for the rest of this year, do you have any news that you could share with us about, you know, things that are coming up for Coca Brew? Yeah. So for right now, I mean, we're just focusing on building out our, our current model. I mean, just growing as, as much as we can. In terms of new things that we have coming, we have two additional flavors that are launching hopefully before the end of the year. That's our, we're launching a chocolate cereal milk latte. So it's like the milk at the end of the cereal bowl infused with cold brew coffee and then we're launching just a, a plain black coffee with our jitterless blend so those two things we're super super excited for um but i mean just doing what we do every day just growing the brand waking up every morning excited for what we do okay very nice well i've got just four quick questions on the quick fire round and then we can wrap this up can you name one tool or resource that that you feel is invaluable to you i i am a huge proponent of google sheets I absolutely love Google Sheets. Our business is ran off of Google Sheets. That has been the most helpful thing, I think, on this planet. Nice. What's one book uh, that you could recommend to the audience? My favorite book of all time, well, I, I really have two. It's, it's Start With Why and then Great By Choice. Those two are mandatory reads at Boca Brew, and it, they've impacted our business substantially. So this third question is, you know, what's one piece of advice that you'd give to your 21-year-old self? And I guess that was you, what, last year? I think you said you're 22, right? Yeah, I'm 22 right now. <laughs> so yeah, what's one piece of advice that you'd give to your younger self? 
the the one thing that I would tell myself is that, you know, there's going to be hard times. There's going to be easy times. What it's about is just waking up every day and putting in the work. Uh, I mean, for us, like we found there's no substitution for hard work. So it's just, you know, regardless of whether it's a good day or a bad day, just doing what you do. Okay. And finally, is there a person or a brand that you maybe look up to, you admire, you, you keep an eye on, or maybe somebody that you would love to take to lunch? That's a tough one. I, I think one of my favorite brands is a, a smaller local brand from San Luis Obispo called Whalebird Kombucha. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. I just, I love their brand. They really focus on, you know, one geographic and they kill it. Like they are ubiquitous along the central coast and they sponsor everything. And they're just such like a, a good, happy brand. I don't know. I really like them. Cool. All right. Hey, George, I think this has been great. Do you have any parting advice for other people that are in the the CPG um, market? You know, maybe they've launched their own brand or they're thinking about it. You know, what advice could you give them? Yeah, I mean, I would just say, don't be afraid to ask for help. I mean, I've been a huge proponent of emailing, you know, as many founders as I could and people that have kind of been there, done that. So, I mean, don't feel afraid to reach out and ask for help. I mean, if we never did that, we would definitely not be in the stage we're at right now. Okay, nice. All right. Hey, thank you. Appreciate it. This has been great. Of course. Thanks so much for having me on. The Physical Product Movement Podcast is brought to you by Fiddle. To find out more about Fiddle and how our industry-leading inventory ops platform is giving modern brands and manufacturers full visibility into their inventory and operations, visit fiddle.io. And then make sure to search for Physical Product Movement in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or anywhere else podcasts are found. Make sure to click subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. On behalf of the team here at Fiddle, thanks for listening.